season two of the JKR podcast powered by Black Cobra Sports. My name is Jay Shrigland and I'm the host. Let's dig into today's episode after a word from our sponsor. Today's episode sponsor is Mind Baseball, located in Dallas, Texas. Their bats are made from 100% European beech wood, which allows for more density, which then leads to more power. I mean, who doesn't want more power? We all know chicks dig the long ball. Multiple studies prove that beech outperforms maple, birch, and ash that you're probably used to swinging. Beech wood straight grains mean for less breaks, and mine baseball exceeds the MLB regulations in that category. Are you also frustrated with seeing the dried paint spots on your barrel? Mine Baseball uses a family secret technique that leaves a perfect finish every time. If you set their bat next to another brand, you will make sure that you see the difference. Lastly, they also use a built-in grip to reduce vibrations. It is the same technology that is used to reduce recoil in rifles. Make sure to check them out. Go find them on Instagram, TikTok, YouTube. Um, on Instagram, their username is at mine, M-I-N-E, baseball. Check them out, but let's dig into today's episode. And welcome back to the JKR Podcast. Today we have former Indiana Mustangs pitcher and shortstop, 2023 MLB draft prospect and 2023 Xavier signee, Jake Hooker, on the JKR Podcast for the Indiana Baseball Series. Jake, super pumped to get you on the show, man. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Um, uh, big thanks for you for having me on here. So, Of course. And again, thanks for coming on the show. But before yeah. we dig into you know what's going on with the draft, before we dig into Xavier, University High School ball, I got one question I'd like to start it off with everybody. That is, for those who don't know you, how would you introduce yourself who exactly is Jay Cooker? You know, I would say I'm a I'm a pretty shy kid, very soft spoken, and that I'm I'm I like to put down my head and work. You know, I lead by example. I'm not a big vocal guy, um, but yeah, I just you know I put my head down. I just work. So okay, so with you being a draft prospect, that's kind of started off with that. Um, kind of take us through, you know, maybe when you first you had your first couple of conversations with scouts or Super 60, whatever it happened to be when that whole process got rolling. Kind of take us through that. And when you kind of started to notice that, you know, you might be a potential draft prospect in this summer's draft. Yeah, you know, it actually started last summer. I had um, a coach actually reach out to me after a game um, and said that he knew somebody like affiliated with the Padres and he was um, saying he's going to put my name in there for me. Um, I mean, other than that, really nothing happened until that Super 60. Like, that was my breaking point, you know. I mean, that's the biggest stage you can get on for, you know, that draft level, like, like you know, just putting yourself out there. Um, so after that, you know, I've had a lot of a lot of teams reach out, a lot of teams show up, you know. Um, but it's, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's cool. It's a fun experience. Okay. Okay, so with all those different teams reaching out, I'm sure a lot of it is area scouts, maybe a couple Midwest cross-checkers, stuff like that. What are some of those relationships that you've built with scouts so far, just in terms of, you know, maybe having conversations, conversations with them at home, maybe after a game, just what are some of those relationships that you've built with some of those scouts? Yeah, I've actually been coached up really well from um, uh, coach Chrisman, who's affiliated with the Mustangs used to be a uh, scout for the giants. 
and uh, Andy Shaw, my advisor in that group, they have uh, coached me up well, been uh, really uh, allowed me to, you know, develop these relationships with these guys and uh, put myself in the best position possible. So it's been okay. good. So yeah. for you, like going out this spring or potentially even last summer, there's a, maybe a couple scouts watching you. You kind of have that in the back of your mind. For you, how do you kind of block that out? How do you kind of just, you know, still focus on just playing catch with the catcher, going after hitters when you know there's maybe a couple extra eyes on you each game? Yeah, you know, it actually it actually fuels me a little bit. You know, seeing people with their eyes on me, it it pushes me to show them my best ability and that I can handle the pressure, um, really just show my tools off. Um, and that kind of, you know, it gives me the good nerves, you know, it gives me that pump up. So it actually helps me a lot. Okay. Um, but, yeah, just – Staying calm, collected, you know, it, that works for me. So, okay. So, as this spring, you know, rolls down, this, let's say your senior year comes to an end, what is that plan, you know, for the summer leading up to the draft, just in terms of training, maybe going down to Xavier? What is that plan before the draft hits? Yeah. So, as of now, I'm not really uh, sure in terms of summer ball, you know, depending on how university does, I hope we get that, you know, play far into June, you know. Um, so with, with my workload, you know, I can manage it from there with whether or not I want to play that summer ball or not. Um, but yeah, you know, it's that plan for Xavier, you know, get on campus early, you know, crush the weight room and, you know, whatever happens there, just crush it and get okay. better. So. All right. So one of those big draft events that you had was PBR super 60. I believe it was the week yeah. after battle of Indiana. I see yeah. that 60 hat at the back there, back there on the <laughs> yeah. wall. Yeah. Kind of take us through that PBR 60 experience, kind of what that was like and, you know, just the entire just atmosphere of that event. Yeah, I mean, it was amazing. You know, it's it's the best, the best. And to be a part of that, it's actually a funny story. Um, I was not initially on the list to go there. Normally, they only do two guys from every state. But um, my head coach, Chris Eastep and Reed um, were really pushing to fill that, you know, that I've been working, that I'm going to like, you know, I'm popping all these numbers. And so. Phil actually came and watched me throw before about a week before battle Indiana, you know, he saw me throw, I think I threw 93, you know, sat one to two, um, showed some good stuff. And then the battle Indiana rolled around and we had some more eyes. And I think there was another PBR guy there and saw me hit the 94 and they're like, all right, we got to get him in. So um, that was huge. And so I got in and um, you know, like I said, you're in this huge complex, you know, it's, you're seeing everybody, you're hearing everything. Um and so when it was my turn, you know, I, I kind of just knew deep down inside of me, I like, I knew I was going to do it. You know, I, I, I could feel it. So, um, yeah, no, it was great to really just show my stuff and, uh, get out there. So, so at this point in the spring, you know, I'm sure, like you said, you're pitching against cathedral this week, pitching up against Franklin, I think next week as well. Mm -hmm. uh, for you, like what's going on. And just in terms of right now, this spring, like are there scouts coming after, up to you after games? Are you maybe having in home, home meetings? What's kind of going on right now when it comes to the whole draft process, talking to scouts and all that? Yeah, so as of now, um, you know, there might be four or five guys at each game. You know, they set up like the stalker radars and their video cameras. And then a couple of them will actually like set up the camera before my bullpen. Uh, but I mean, yeah, most of the communication happens um, through like my team and like advisors and stuff. And they just they are allowing me to just, you know, play ball. They don't they don't want me to know everything, you know. They just want me to play. So, yeah. yeah. So you mentioned that you threw to you threw with Phil watching there about a week before Battle mm -hmm. of Indiana. Obviously, with Battle event, with Battle of Indiana being my event, kind of take us. You know what that experience was like. Maybe some likes, some dislikes. You know, maybe yeah. get me a little. You know, customer consumer feedback. That way, next year when I host it again, maybe I know a little bit better. No, it was great. You know, that's my home turf. That's round trip. So I had everything there to get ready. 
Um, I mean, I loved it. It was, it was fun to have, you know, Mason Brown up there, you know, we're, we're friends. So we're, you know, chirping back and forth, you know, that competitiveness. Um, and then obviously I loved having, you know, some of the guys I don't see in the spring. So you did like, you know, Murphy or even the younger kids like Brandon Logan from Snyder, you know, I don't see these guys. So it's fun to have them like against me and, um, in that format, but no, I love the competitiveness, you know, the video cameras, it was, it was awesome. Yeah. So you said, you know, for you going through this process, you were actually, you know, pretty well informed and kind of knew what to go on because of your advisors, because of Chrisman, mm -hmm. obviously Chrisman's involved with the Mustangs, but for those other guys, how did you kind of get connected with, you know, maybe a couple of different advisors or what, you know, what was that process like? Yeah. So, um, that company is, I think it's, uh, gosh, I can't remember what it's called. Um, equity baseball, equity baseball. So that had been somebody that Chris Eastep's close with Kevin Christmas close with, um, that kind of helped out some of the Mustangs players in the past. Um, so they were just well connected and they knew the guys. And so they were able to get me, uh, connected with them. So, yeah. All right. So with you being a Xavier commit, let's kind of dig into that whole recruiting process. Yeah. Kind of take us through, you know, when it got started, when it was that, you know, maybe some division one teams kind of started reaching out to you. Mm -hmm. So funny enough, um, Coach Billy was was actually my first uh, phone call. He was the first guy to really reach out and recruit me. Um, and so we had, I think that was actually my freshman year, probably freshman winter, where he reached out. And so we had um, built that relationship up until, um, you know, early uh, junior year and a sophomore year. Um, but yeah, and then again, like another PBR event that really shot me up. I had a couple you know, maybe two or three colleges, you know, reach out before the futures games, um, in Georgia, but like, 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 I get, like I said, again, it was a huge stepping point, like the futures games, you know, everything went crazy after that, you know, I, I hit 90 for the first time there. Um, so, I mean, my phone was blowing up for like a week and a half. It was, it was fun. It was exciting. But at the end of the day, I, I kind of felt at home at Xavier. Um, I built that relationship, you know, coach Billy, I mean, he was really the leading factor for me. I mean, he, he just stood out to me. And then obviously they're uh, allowing me to two way. So that was special to me and uh, really believe in me. So, okay. Yeah. So with that recruiting process, kind of getting started there, you're the fresh, the winner of your freshman year, mm -hmm. kind of take us through those initial conversations you were having with Xavier, maybe some other coaching staffs as well, what those initial conversations kind of look like. And then on top of that, you know, maybe what's going through your mind as well. I mean, you're 14, 15 years old at that point, mm -hmm. talking to collegiate coaches, you know, kind of just take us through what's going through your mind, you know, talking, you know, just kind of realizing that college yeah. baseball, you know a, a, a reality i know um you know it's funny because i sat here at this desk and i remember i had coach billy's phone number on my phone and it took me i think an hour to finally click the call button because i was just like you know i'm just nervous i'm sitting here um i mean when you're that young you can't even think about like college baseball you know it's just something that doesn't even come across your mind um but yeah, he made it really easy. I had a lot of good coaches reach out. You know, I uh, I learned what I wanted in, you know, college, what I didn't want. Um, but yeah, in terms of like being that young, you just have to really just set back, know kind of what you want in the school, where you're going to be three, four years from now, um, you know, how you're going to develop. Um, it's one of those things where you definitely do not want to go early, but you know, as recent, these recruiting restrictions are, you know, getting a lot of young kids to commit early, but you know, it's, yeah. So. 
Okay. So you mentioned that, you know, coach Billy was a big like leading factor of you going to Xavier mm-hmm. also being a two way, but beyond that, you know, maybe comparing different schools to Xavier, what were a couple of those just key things that you were looking for throughout that process? You know, whether that's within the coaching staff, the school, whatever happens to be, you know, just what were a couple of those key things you were looking at while yeah. deciding between schools? Yeah. So, um, I don't really want to go far from home. I had a couple of schools reach out from the South and, um, kind of like West coast that, um, I wasn't too interested. I wanted to be in kind of like that four to five hour range, maybe less, maybe more. Um, but I just want to stay close. Um, and then as I, you know, went along, I also looked at more of a smaller school. So, uh, Xavier being in the big East, they're pretty small. I mean, um, you see, um, kind of that smaller size. It felt, it, I liked it more because going to a private school, I kind of got used to that. Um, and then obviously just like coaching staff, um, like what I thought about their pitching coach, what they believed in me, you know, if they're going to let me hit and pitch or just pitch. Uh, so, I mean, those were really the de- determining factors in it for me. So, yeah. So as that recruiting process, you know, started to wind down, you're maybe decided between Xavier, maybe a couple other different schools. Do you remember the day where it hit you? Okay. I think, you know, Xavier is the spot for me. I think that's where I'm play college baseball. And then after that, you know, how long did it take for you to, you know, contact the coaches and then maybe put some yeah. stuff on social media, kind of take us through just the end of that recruiting process and kind of, you know, how that went about. Yeah. So I had narrowed it down to three schools that I was interested in. Um, uh, Xavier being one of those, Illinois was another one and then Michigan. Um, and really what stuck out to me is I went along and asked all those coaches and were like, what they thought about me, the like plans, what they really liked about me. And in those responses, I went about and decided for myself, which like coach coaching staff are the answers I like the best. And obviously, I mean, Billy knowing me for a year, two years, I mean, he just stuck out to me and it was just something we just had that connection and um, I knew it was home. So. Okay. So with you being a senior, I'm sure, you know, this past fall was pretty fun, you know, going through signing day, yeah. you know, making it official, probably going on an official visit, take us through signing day, what that was like, just, you know, finally signing that paper and mm-hmm. then maybe what a couple of your, a couple of your visits have been like at, at Xavier as well. Yeah. So, I mean, signing day was kind of like the same relief when uh, I first committed, you know, actually seeing it on the paper, seeing, you know, Xavier at the top of that paper. I mean, it was just, it was surreal. I mean, I loved it. Um, so yeah, I'm, uh, I'm excited to get there. So it'll be fun. Okay. Yeah. And what about your official visits there, Xavier? Yeah, it was uh, – I uh, I got to go with uh, my whole class, and then I knew Eli, who goes to Mount Vernon. Um, so it was cool. It was good to meet some kids. Some of them were on the coast, um, so it was fun meeting them. A lot of fun. Got to talk to a lot of the uh, players there, said all good things. So going to be fun. Okay, so that kind of leads me into my next question. I know you mentioned Br- Eli Br- – is it like Bredenthal or however you say that last Bredenthal, name? Bredenthal, yeah. Um, so, obviously, you have a good relationship with him being, you know, not too far away from university there at Mount Vernon. But what are some of those relationships you have with some of your future teammates? So, whether that's class of 2023, maybe some guys that are there now, what are a couple of those relationships you have with future Xavier guys? Yeah, obviously, me and Eli are close just from being the Indiana kids, and then we've uh, played against each other because – kind of similar to me. He wasn't on the Bulls or like the uh, uh, Canes or anything. He played for a smaller uh, summer team. So we actually saw each other a lot and um, got to know each other pretty well. And then we have some, a couple out of state guys from Illinois that I got to play against a couple from Ohio. So, yeah. Okay. So you talk about, you had a good relationship with coach Billy. He's kind of, like you said, again, the leading factor of you going there, Mm -hmm. but you, you know, what is that relationship you have with that coaching staff and how has that evolved? 
since you know you've been committed, go went and officially signed one on those. Mm-hmm. Just how has that relationship evolved? Yeah, so um, I mean, obviously, we just gotten closer. You know, we got to talk about you know more one-on-one stuff because he's not treating me as like a recruit anymore. He's able to talk to me like his player, you know. Um, so a lot of stuff we've built upon. And then um, as long as with his coaching staff, there's been a couple of changes and they brought um, coach Wiley, who was from the Cubs organization. So he's their pitching coach now that I've got to meet and really develop with. And he's uh, watched me. So it's, it's been fun. Yeah. Okay. So you mentioned one thing that really kept you and Eli close was the fact that you guys didn't play for the Midwest Canes. You guys didn't play for the Indiana Bulls. For you playing for the Mustangs, kind of take us through, you know, how you first got connected with them. I know East Step's very involved with them as well as university, so I'm sure that that played some sort of role in, into it. But just mm-hmm. take us through, you know, how you first got connected with the Mustangs. Yeah, so I actually I played Little League when I was 11, 11 U, and I decided me and a couple of my friends that we were going to play travel ball. Um, and I tried out for the Mustangs, I think the Nitro and the Bulls. I didn't make the Bulls. I made like Nitro's B team, but the Mustangs, I made one of their top teams. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to go play there and play with some of my friends. And ever since like that 12U season, I've been playing um, for the Mustangs since 17U. You know, it's been something. And I was lucky enough to actually have one of my coaches be from 14 to 17. So it was special. You know, I love my team. I had a lot of good guys and uh, it was fun. So. Okay. Okay. So having that same coach, you mentioned you know, the, the guy that coached you from 14 to 17, you mm. coach East step Reed. I'm sure there's some other guys as well. What mm. are some of those relationships you've built with some of those guys on that Mustang staff? Yeah. So my uh, travel ball coach was actually uh, coach Nip. He used to play at uh, IU and went to Carmel. Um, you know, he's a younger guy. Um, so that just allows us to bond more. And then he was a great coach in terms of leading us. He never, you know, East Step's a big yeller, and I love that. But uh, TC kind of brought it down and was, you know, one-on-one conversations, what you did what you did wrong. Um, so it was a great mix. You know, I learned a lot from him. He had he had lots to share. So he definitely was a big uh, contributor into the player I am. So. Okay. So looking back into – obviously your Mustangs career has come to an end. You know, you're not playing with them this summer. For you, looking back at your travel baseball career, you know, whether this is traveling the country, doing something pretty cool um, on the field, you know, what are a couple of those just favorite travel baseball memories that come to mind? Yeah, um, that's a tough one. Probably either playing at Lake Point for the first time, because, I mean, that that drive in there is awesome because you're, you're surrounded by, like, that wakeboarding place and you get all the fields, and it's like, it's awesome. That was a fun experience. Um, we had, jeez, you know, I think I think Lakeport would take the cake for the first time because that was just a surreal moment. You know, that was just best of the best. You know, really show your stuff. You know, so okay. okay. Yeah. So with Lake with Lake Point, you know, being such a great experience, Future Games was there as mm-hmm. well. You mentioned that during the whole recruiting process, mm-hmm. that being a pretty big event. Take us through Futures Games as well. What that was like. Um, just take yeah. us through that experience. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, I got there. I didn't know anybody, you know, I had, you know, been on the Mustangs. I didn't play with any of those kids. I barely knew anybody. I think I knew one kid there. Um, so I'm, I was a shy kid, you know, I'm, you know, I'm not going to reach out and make friends that easily. Um, so, you know, I got on the mound and not, you know, some people don't even know my name, you know, but yeah, I mean, popping that 90 was awesome. And then I got to meet a lot of cool people there. Like, 
Bishop Letson was there. I got to uh, get close with him for the first time and talk to those people. So no, it was awesome. I mean, that was the first time for me where I had, you know, a line of coaches behind, you know, home plate and you know, that really just pumped me up. So, sure. yeah. All right. So similar question to when it comes to scouts watching you this spring, they're at the futures game. You mentioned there's just college coaches behind the plate watching you yeah. uh, for you being a little bit younger than what you are now. How mm-hmm. did you kind of block that out and still kind of, you know, like you said, it kind of pumps you up there. Just how do you kind of block that out and kind of stay focused on, on your game? Yeah. You know, it's, it's funny because you kind of see it in movies sometimes when you got the pitcher and catcher that are just like in that tunnel, you know, there's, they're zoned in, they block out the noise. I mean, it's, it's the truth. I mean, that's what it is. It's, you know, once I, once I get warmed up, it's, it's just me and him, you know, I don't, I don't see anything from the outside, you know, it's, um, it's easy to block it out. So. Okay. So with East, with East step being the guy in charge of the owner of round tripper being your head coach there at university, mm-hmm. Reed being very, very involved with round tripper and university as well. How do the Mustangs, how do round tripper and how does university, you know, kind of play hand in hand on the player on the player side of things. I talked to Reed and Chris a couple of weeks ago, but for you, mm-hmm. how do they kind of play hand in hand and, you know, how do they relate to each other? Yeah. So, I mean, just training in the same facility, you know, um, every day a week for high school and then Mustangs, you know, they did a great job, uh, um, like if I were playing summer ball, we had like, um, you know, six or seven weeks indoor hitting, like fielding practice, you know, it was awesome. They did a really good job setting that up. And then obviously for high school, we have all the facility, you know, at our hand, you know, we can hit, work out, you know, do anything we want. Um, so it's just awesome. They did a great job. So, okay. So with you going to university, being a senior there now, kind of take us through, you know, your, your first couple of years there and then maybe how your senior year has gone so far this year as well. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, I, I got thrown in and I mean, we got that, we had that winning mentality, you know, that dynasty, you know, um, I wasn't there for the state championship. That was when I, I was in eighth grade, um, freshman year was canceled due to COVID. And then my sophomore year, we made it to semi-state. So I was just born into that, you know, we're going to go win and we're going to go far. Um, obviously last year didn't go as planned. We, uh, lost in uh, sectionals, but it kind of gave me a chip on my shoulder. You know, that's the first time I've lost early because uh, I was brought into it. But, um, yeah, it's uh, it's definitely something awesome. You know, we got a great team, great players. So Okay, yeah. so kind of take us through this year for this this uh, spring, you being a senior, maybe how you've stepped up as a leader, how exactly the season's been going so far. Kind of take us through your senior year. Yeah, um, got a lot of young kids. We only have two kids in the uh, senior class, a lot of juniors, but um, a lot of big contributors from the sophomores and uh, freshmen. So, you know, I kind of took some stuff, you know, I didn't really, uh, you know, get when I was a sophomore freshman and I was like taking upon myself to do that for the younger guys to show them, you know, what's expected, how to handle it, you know, give them somebody to follow and somebody to watch. So, um, yeah, we got a lot of young talent, so they're going to be really good. Okay, so you talk about those younger guys. I know Ryan, uh, Ryan Castetter, I believe that's how you say it, just Mm -hmm. committed Northwestern. Beckett, too, who's another good prospect there as well. For you being an older guy, kind of seeing those guys who have, you know, Division One talent as well, how mm-hmm. maybe, you know, stepped up, maybe taking them underneath their wings, kind of showed them the ropes of high school baseball, just kind of what's that relationship you have with those couple guys? Yeah, I just, you know, I, I always preach it and always tell them to, you know, like to know how good you are. You know, being a freshman, it's, it's really easy to be like, oh, I'm a freshman. You know, that's why I did bad. I'm playing against seniors, juniors that are two, three years older than me. But you have to develop the mindset where you're 
you know you're good enough and when you're at that d1 prospect level that you're gonna go show it to somebody it doesn't matter if you're 14 you know um and i just lead by example show them what to do um, develop good habits in the weight room so yeah Okay, so you talk about being a part of that university dynasty and yeah. just the expectation of oh, continuously winning. As your senior season keeps keeps rolling on, you know, what are some of those expectations you have for this 2023 spring? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm going to say I really don't think there's a two-way team that can hold up to us. Um, from the teams that we've played so far, I mean, we've really handed it to them, and we got that we got that strong schedule. So it's just building us up to to a level where we can, you know, show it off and go far and have fun and hopefully come back with a ring. So um, that's where the hopes are. Okay. All right. So with you guys playing that tough schedule, especially up there in Northern Indy, I mean, you guys mm-hmm. have, I don't know who exactly you guys play when it comes to up there, but Northern mm-hmm. Indianapolis baseball, everyone knows just, you know, the, 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 uh, the best in the state for mm-hmm. you facing all these different teams, who has been the toughest AB for you this season or just looking back into it these past couple of years, oh. Toughest A B, toughest maybe two couple ABs there. Yeah. Thinking about it. We uh I mean, I'll give you a couple. Preseason, it was Mason Braun. Um, you know, I don't I don't throw my change up often, but when I have a big power hitting lefty like that, I can't get away with the slider. Um, so I kinda had to throw that to him. And I know he's He's a big, like hard swinging lefty. So, you know, it's, he was probably the toughest just in, in terms of uh, pitchability. Um, so far this season, it would, it would probably, probably be a kid from, uh, oh gosh, I can't think of the, the name of that school we just played up in Gary. Um, Dylan Bowen. I can't think of the school he goes to, but he's a freshman. He's a young kid. Um, really made me work with the fastball to get it over. And then slider, you know, he sat back on it, hit it, you know, made good contact off me all day. So, I mean, he gave me a good run. Um, so that's probably the, uh, the best run I've had so far in the high school season. Okay. All right. So I got my last baseball segment here for you. Then we'll go ahead and move into personal side, a couple personal questions there. Mm-hmm. So it off. But for you being a pitcher, being a shortstop, I know you're going to Xavier as a two way, but also have that yep. opportunity to, if you go get drafted from what I've heard, probably a pitcher there at that pro level for mm-hmm. you when it does come time for you to get to that pro level, whether that's high school, whether that's a couple of years at Xavier, how do you kind of see yourself evolving more as a pitcher when you kind of get that so focused to focus mostly on pitching rather than hitting and fielding as well? Yeah. Um, I've had a little bit of a taste of it already. Uh, the off season was my first time in a uh, like pitching program. So um, that's something I really nailed down and, you know, it's, it showed, you know, I was able to squeeze out three, four miles an hour from where I was. Um, so, I mean, that, I, that just shows me that if I really develop and really just 100% focus on this, you know, the sky's the limit for me. I don't, I don't know what I can become, but, um, yeah, it's definitely exciting. So, okay. So with this past off season being that first year on that program, what mm-hmm. did that program kind of look like? And then also maybe take us through your arm care as well, whether that's, you know, off-season deload in the fall, your ramp mm-hmm. up to, you know, what does that off-season arm care look like as well? Yeah, it's it's a huge thanks to Garrett Christman. Um, he set up this ace pitching program, you know, first year in round tripper. Um, I had never thrown like plyo balls, done like w- like weighted balls, like uh like water balls any of that stuff um until then so he really showed me the ropes developed the good habits um for me it was a huge focus on like the hinge and using the legs more um 
yeah, I mean, it was it was lots of uh, build up, deload, you know, everything you can think of just showed it all. So, yeah. Okay, so as we talk about arm care, you know, throughout the season, take us through mm-hmm. what arm care looks like. Let's say, what is it, Thursday you're pitching against Cathedral? Yep. Thursday mm-hmm. night after the game, Friday morning, Friday, Saturday, whatever, the days leading up to your next start. What yeah. does the arm care in-season look like as well? Yeah, so say it's after Cathedral, let's say it's a six-day start until I throw again. Um, after I throw, you know, obviously nothing that night, you know, just trying to sleep well, drink lots of water. Um, that next day I will probably do, I mean, if that like probably no throwing or light throwing, I'll do, um, my own arm care routine of just like various, like plyo ball exercises, band routine, um, stuff like that workout. Um, I, I do a lot of like rice bucket forearm strengthening drills. And then I, I'm actually big, like, I love to take a Epsom salt bath. Like that's my thing that I feel like that helps me recover the most stretch, you know, sleep's huge. Um, so all that, that night, the next day is probably a like medium throwing day. So, you know, 120, maybe, you know, one or two like shuffles in, just feel it out. You know, maybe I'm playing that day that that would be my throw on for the day and then do like scat mobility just light arm care um the day after that would probably be a command bullpen so that's working on feel for pitches um kind of you know spinning it feeling the mound using your legs not full but you know close you know 75 percent um and then the day after that would be another like medium throw day 120 feet nothing much scat mobility and then full recover um before the day of my start so Okay. All right. So digging into pitching repertoire, when you are up there on that mound, take mm-hmm. us through a couple of those pitches that you got, maybe the pitches that you might need the most work, maybe the best off-speed yeah. pitch you got. Take us through that pitching repertoire. Yeah. So um, so I throw two seams and I have a lot of ride and run to it. So it comes out like that, which I can play off really well, start on the outside or jam in. Um, and then my slider comes hard off and it's firm. So these two play off each other, you know, they split in those different directions. Um, I would say my – you know, I go back and forth. I'd probably say my slider is my best pitch at the moment just because it tunnels well off of my fastball and it's got that late uh, break. And then I also have that four seam that's got some hop out the glove that I throw high in the zone. And then I'm working on that, uh, like, kind of power fade change of that plays away from uh, lefties. So Okay. All right. So flipping around to the hitting side of things, you also being a shortstop, take us through that hitting approach. You know, let's say you're on deck, you know, what's going through your mind as you watch that guy in front of you, watch the pitcher warm up, whatever, Mm -hmm. walking up to that batter's box, take us through just that hitting approach, kind of what's going through your mind as you walk up to the plate. Yeah. um, I always tell myself to be an athlete, you know, there's no reason to overcomplicate it. You know, you're, um, I'm a good enough player that I can, that I can get it done and I know what to do. Um, mechanically, you know, it's, it's bottom hand for me. I just got to, you know, leave with my elbow bottom hand and then kind of hit the top of the baseball and that produces those low backspinning line drives. And, you know, that's, that's my swing. I'm a line drive hitter, um, hit for average. And then I'll occasionally, you know, get those out there, but, um, yeah. So, okay. So you dug into the mechanics of your, of your swing. One question yeah. I forgot when it came to pitching the mechanics of your, your wind up, just kind of take us through when you're on the mound. You know, what those mm-hmm. mechanics kind of look like, maybe what Christmas kind of helped you evolve here these yeah. past couple of years. You know, what, what are those mechanics look like up there on that mound? Yeah. Um, one huge breakthrough I had was, was uh, with my leg kick, I had to take it back behind my leg almost, or my like back leg. 
um, was keeping my hips closed as long as possible and writing that out. And along with like writing that out, you also use in the hinge, which is a, a different thing, but just keeping my hips closed as long as I could really help me get my arm on time and use my legs. Um, that was the first time that off season that I saw the numbers get up there that started to shoot up. And so I'm like, okay, we can work on that. So really just hammering that down, like the muscle memory of that really helped. So, um, yeah, I mean, that was the biggest thing for me. Okay. Okay. So looking at the entirety of your game. So let's say on the mound, hitting base running, fielding there at shortstop. Yeah. If you were a scout watching your game, what would be that personal scouting report that you would write up on yourself? Um, probably presence on the mound. You know, I, I'm not afraid to sh like throw with the bases loaded runners. Don't bother me. You know, I'm, I'm able to get after guys without worrying about stuff. Um, hitting just the ability to be loose. You know, I'm very stand up. I'm not like this, you know, in my legs type hitter. I'm just able to, you know, hit it where it's pitched fielding. You know, I'm, I'm just an athlete. I'm able to get to a lot of balls, able to make a lot of plays, you know, use it. And then speed, I'm not the fastest guy, but you know, I get it done. If I get a good jump, you know, I can steal, but, you know, yeah. All right, so last baseball question here for you. So as we dug into kind of, you know, what you were there in that scouting report, if mm -hmm. you have to look at your game and kind of think about maybe some of the biggest developments you kind of want to work on before you get to that next level, whether that's Xavier, whether that's pro ball this year, yeah. you know, what are some of those biggest developments you're kind of wanting to work on? Um, I mean, command for me, get ahead, stay ahead is huge for me. Um, probably my worst outings are when I don't get ahead with the fastball. And with that, I'm throwing too many sliders and that's when the bats start to catch up, you know, no matter how good your stuff is, they'll catch up. Um, and so command, you know, stay consistent, stay healthy is big for me. Stay long in games. So. All right. So last segment here for you, like I said, I like to end it off with more on the personal side of things, yeah. call, kind of call it rapid fire, but first question here. So what, beyond the game of baseball, let's say you need to go and cope with some stress, maybe need to go and just keep your mind off of some stuff. What are some of those passions that you have beyond the game of baseball? Yeah. Um, one I've developed is, uh, is the weight room. You know, that was, I was kind of always a smaller kid growing up, you know, didn't really get in. It was about, it was probably around that sophomore year time, you know, started junior year where I really, you know, took it upon myself and got in the weight room and it's been huge for me. I've, you know, I've gained a lot from it, um, gained a lot of mental strength from it and we've had a really good strength coach. So, I mean, that's one huge passion that's really just developed, you know, changed my life. Um, personal hobbies, you know, I, uh, I'm, I'm big into golfing now. It's fun. I'm not very good at it, but it's fun. Um, you know, and just hanging out with friends, fishing, you know, some other small stuff. So, so on the yeah. motivation side of things, you know, what is that just deep down internally that helps you, you know, get out of bed every morning, helps you go and continuously yeah. evolve as a ball player, as a person? What are some of those motivations that you have? Um, one simple thing I did was changing from, you know, say, say it's like a Monday night or something. I wake up, you know, I changed the the thought of that. I, I like I got to go to school. I changed it to, I get to go to school or I, you know, I, I got to go to this game, you know, I get to go to this game. I changed it from having this, you know, this thing that I have to do. I changed it to something that I get to do, you know, being a senior, I only have so many games left. So I get to play those games and I have, you know, 
that's one that's huge that's you know got me motivated and keep rolling so okay okay so taking the motivation question a little bit further let's say you continuously get to go play baseball games continuously yeah. get to go train yeah. perfect picture of your life in 20 years from now you're 37 38 years old whatever mm. everything's going right for you what's that perfect picture of your life look like yeah you know i I hope baseball is still a part of it. I'd love to coach. Um, it's something I'm really passionate about and hopes in my life. Um, kind of on the more personal note, I uh, I want to live on a lake. You know, that's a goal of mine, live on a house on a lake, um, raise a family and kind of live like that, have a successful job or whatever that might be. So okay. so does Westfield have lakes or are you planning on maybe moving out of the town? You know, up north there's a lot of water, so we'll see. Okay. All right. Well, there we go. So final two questions here for you. I'll just ask them back to back. So go to playlist. Let's say, I believe you guys had a pretty long road trip last week at some point. Um, yeah. So on these, on those long road trips, what is that go to playlist? Um, you know, genre, singer, whatever. And then yeah. final question, when you get to, let's say when you get to that next level, so whether that's Xavier, whether that's the draft, mm-hmm. NIL deal, endorsement deal. What is that dream brand you'd love to endorse, collaborate, partner with, whatever happens to be? What would be that dream brand? Dream brand. Um, I would probably collab with C4 Energy Drinks only because they're my go-to choice and they're my favorite energy drinks. So I think that'd be pretty cool. Maybe get my face on a can like like uh, Chris Bryant on this Red Bull can. That's pretty okay. cool. So, okay, I, I guess I didn't realize Chris Bryant was still doing that red. I, I remember, yeah, a big Cubs guy. I remember when he was with the Cubs, they would always do those Red Bull collabs. But, yeah, this is this is that throwback Cubs stuff. I mean, this is like old, old. Okay, okay. yeah, <laughs> yeah. All right, what about that go to playlist? Go to playlist. Um, I mean, my main one, it's it's got like 200 tracks on it. I'd say favorite song right now is probably Solo by Future, you know, getting out of the bus, walking up. You know, that gets me going. So it's good. Yeah. All right, man. Well, that's the final question here mm-hmm. on the J Care podcast. You know, really appreciate you coming on the show. Yeah. I do want to wish you the best of luck. You know, as you go through the rest of this spring, go through yeah. this summer, get to yeah. that next level again, you know, whatever that happens to be. Just best of luck, you know, for the rest of your career. Mm-hmm. Again, just thanks for coming on the show. Yeah. Thanks for having me.